Hi there. Thank you for joining us on the Redeemer Church Podcast. Here at Redeemer, we exist to see Christ exalted in our church, community, and world. It is our mission to lead people into the presence of God, devotion to His Word, authentic fellowship with others, and discovering their ministry. We hope that this podcast is just one of the ways you connect to God's presence this week. Let's check out this week's message. Good morning. We are in week three of our prayer series. In week one, Pastor Leanne talked to us about honoring our God as Father. Last week, Pastor Adam explained to us the mystery of the kingdom of God. And today, we are going to walk through the phrase, give us today our daily bread. A quick confession before we get started. This is the first time that I have ever deeply studied the Lord's Prayer. It has always seemed so straightforward to me, so simple, so basic, that I never really leaned into it before. And last week, before I started studying it on my own, I bounced from office to office asking several staff members to give me their knee-jerk reaction to the phrase, give us this day our daily bread. What, What do you hear? What do you see? And each staff member within only a couple minutes highlighted a unique nuance of this phrase that I had never seen before, that I had never really considered. And most of these have found their way into our conversation for this morning. Uh, And these visits also made me realize that perhaps I have always underestimated the depth of the Lord's Prayer. It's so simple and straightforward that I can put my daughter to sleep who's four reciting this prayer together and she understands for the most part what it means. And yet I also realize that it's the type of prayer that if we lean in to study it deeply, that we can be studying it for the rest of our lives and understanding and learning and growing in our understanding and realizing that there is just so, so much profound nuance in Jesus' words, that only the Son of God could have uttered these sorts of words. Uh, So I jump in with both feet to study and to look over this small phrase and found myself doing some things that Adam said that he was doing, staring off into the far right corner of my office going, how can something so simple yet have How am I so perplexed? And I noticed that in six words, there were at least seven themes at least seven themes that were on my heart. And so we're going to go through seven themes this morning. Here are these seven themes. Identity, provision, contentment, kingdom, mission, Christ, and thanksgiving. Now notice they did not pop up on your screen. They are themes. They're not points. Please don't try to write these out and chase them. They're going to happen quickly. We're going to talk through them. Think of them as buzzwords. What I really want to do is offer an invitation for the Holy Spirit to work in our heart. So if you get hung up somewhere or if something sticks out to you, think about it, reflect on it, pray on it through our communion that we celebrate later. Take it home with you. Uh, It's not so much of a note-taking sermon this morning, if that makes sense. Sit in the wonder of the prayer of our Lord and Savior and be transformed by it this morning. So let's jump in together. After the reformer Martin Luther died, his friends who removed his body found a note 
that he had written or scribbled sometime shortly before his death. And this note said, we are beggars. That is true. There's much depth in that short sentence. With his decades of digging into the scriptures, Luther, to his dying breath, understood the plight of the human condition, which is fallen, which is broken. Yet when teaching his disciples to pray, Jesus spoke into our identity by instructing us to address God as Father. There's deep intimacy with such an instruction. In God's eyes, we are his precious sons and daughters, the ones for whom he would sacrifice anything, anything, including himself. Yet despite the intimacy, there is still a hierarchy in this relationship, right? To look and turn to a being and call it father is not the same as calling it brother or friend. Yes, God is our friend, but he is also in charge. He's our father. And the first word in the phrase, give us this day our daily bread, give, that first word, implies that the provisions for our needs do not come from us. They're a request. They're a petition. In other words, everything I have The roof over my head, the clothes I wear, the food I eat, the job that I get to go to, all of these things. Pick anything in my life that I have. It is a provision from my heavenly Father. I too often get hung up and forget this simple truth. And I don't know about you, but I often buy into this lie that I have made my own provisions. And the, the reality is that I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not even disciplined enough to make my own provisions for this day, let alone tomorrow, let alone 30 years from now. I'm just not able to do that. I am completely dependent on my father The more I have reflected on my complete dependence on my father, the greater awareness that I begin having of my own human stubborn pride. Not only do I often buy into the lie that I make my own provisions, I actually feel so confident in my ability to make my provisions for today that I'm already scheming about my provisions for tomorrow, about next month, about five years from now, about 10 years from now, about retirement. I spend all of this time thinking about the next day's provisions. But here's the truth of the matter. I do not know my needs better than God knows my needs. Therefore, how could I possibly make accurate provisions or accurate schemes to get my provisions now for 30 years from now? How can I possibly do that? I do not have enough information to do that. And that dynamic, this dynamic reminds me a lot about the relationship that I have with my daughter, Addison. She's four. It's very small, very strong-willed. We're raising a leader. The problem is I just don't know how to do that. (laughs) 
And this stubborn four-year-old has gotten to the place where she wants to start picking out her own food. I constantly find her rummaging in my refrigerator or rummaging in my pantry. And all she wants to eat are her favorite snacks, right? She wants chips. She wants candy. She wants fruit, you know, the healthy snack. Um, And this is all that she will eat or all that she wants to eat. And she'll do this so much that as I'm trying to provide her pick a meal, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, it happens on all of them, pick a meal, as I'm trying to provide actual provisions for her day, she fights me through this process because she doesn't want to eat what I want to give her. She wants to eat what she wants. But the reality is, if I give her what she wants, she's going to be hungry again in five minutes, right? What she wants will not satisfy her needs. And so she fights with me as I try to get her what she needs. Now, I don't know about you, but this is pretty much an exact picture of how I wrestle with God. As God's working to provide for my needs and even my wants, I get into a wrestling match thinking that I know what I need better than God, thinking that I can provide for myself better than God. And I get in front of him or I try to bump him off his course or I just try to take over from there. But this is an accurate picture about me needing to learn how to be more content in what the Father has provided, demonstrating my trust in my Heavenly Father, recognizing that just like my daughter, I probably don't know what I need but I need to request it. I need to ask, Lord, give so that I might have my provisions met for today. What's amazing about this is if I lean into this moment, it frees me to be present in the gift that is today. I don't know about you, but I I couldn't count how many present days I have lost because I'm thinking about tomorrow. And the freedom of this prayer really enables me to be present today, where I go, God's given me what I need for today, today, and he'll worry about what I need tomorrow, tomorrow. So be fully present in today. That said, God's people has always struggled with contentment issues. If you remember back to the story of Exodus, only two months after God has freed the Israelites from the Egyptians, they begin to complain to Moses. Here's what they say. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve the entire assembly to death. God's provision was freedom from Egypt, but the Israelites were not content. They just wanted full stomachs. God's provision, here's the want. But because God does care for the needs of his people and the wants of his people, here's what what God did in response to that outcry. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on other days. God responds to the needs of his people with the miraculous provision of manna. 
And if you track along in this story, if you look just in that chapter, you find God doesn't do that just for a day. He doesn't do it for two days or a month or a year. For 40 years, God miraculously provides manna daily for the people. And he tells them, gather enough for today. If you gather more than that, except for on the Sabbath, then it will rot and spoil. Don't do that. Gather what you need for today. Don't try to accumulate what you need for tomorrow. Can you imagine every day for 40 years? Just as I long to provide for my daughter's needs, God, our Father, wants to provide for my needs as well. He wants to. He doesn't just have to. He doesn't feel burdened by it. He delights in it. And the beautiful thing about this dynamic is that although I am finite, which means there are times where I will likely fail my daughter in her provisions. God is infinite. His abilities know no bounds. He is not just the king of the kingdom. He is the builder of the kingdom. He has set the kingdom in place. As we utter the word give, we can stand in full confidence That not only does God want to give us our daily bread, he is fully capable of giving us our daily bread. Why can we be confident in God's provision for us? Well, as much as I respect Martin Luther and have learned much from his writings, I do not agree with his dying words. We can be confident in God's provision because we are not mere beggars. Beggars have no intimate connection to the person that they are asking provisions from. We, on the other hand, are told to address God as our father because we are sons and daughters of the Most High King, a king whose kingdom is not far away but is right here, right now. He is the sovereign Lord and King of all now. And I am his son. You are his sons and daughters. Now, sons and daughters of the king are not simply citizens in a kingdom, are they? Are they? No. They have some responsibilities. In many respects, princes and princesses, right? Because that's what they are, are like ambassadors of the king, equipped with power and authority to carry the mission of the kingdom forward. As sons and daughters of the Most High King, we too have responsibilities in the kingdom of God, which again is here and now. We have responsibilities today. And believe it or not, part of how God provides for his children who pray Give us this day our daily bread comes from the overflow of provisions that he has given to his other children. Now, I don't know about you, but as I dug into this prayer, I noticed something really important. Jesus does not teach me to pray, give me this day my daily bread. That's not the prayer. It's a corporate prayer. It's a together prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. The nuance is significant in the prayer. As Westerners, we read accidentally all the time, me and my, 
when it's us and ours. What this means is that if we find that God has met our daily bread's needs, instead of scheming about how we might provide for tomorrow or next month or 10 years from now or retirement structures, instead of gathering too much manna from heaven like the Israelites did, which spoils and rots, we ought to be picking up the kingdom mission of ensuring that God's children around the world that are praying for daily bread can get their provisions. This is the responsibility of the sons and daughters within the kingdom of God that pray, give us this day our daily bread as we think about our neighbor and our brother and sister in our community, in our city, in the world. And think about it for a second. When our minds wander and get to a place where we're thinking about wherever it is that we want to go in this life that's not here and that's not now, think about the ways that those idols have an invitation to slip into our lives to distract us from the saving embrace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's a distraction that moves into our life in such a way that will rot and spoil our soul. It's the same deal. It's the same plight that the Israelites had, this wrestling with contentment. God has provided for my needs, but I want my wants the way that I want them. The fact remains, God has provided for our needs today. And then instead of thinking about what our needs are for 30 years from now, we're invited into a kingdom-minded process of thinking how we might provide for others. On that note, if you were to look into the book of Acts chapter 2, and you read about how the church sold everything it had and lays it down at the feet of the church so that everyone who were among them no longer had any sorts of needs. And if you were to track this out later, I mean, this is some amazing, hard things to think about and learn through. That the very first mission that Paul is sent on back to Jerusalem is to bring financial support for a set of believers that have given up everything so that there was no need around them. They did so to the point of poverty. They bought into the hours of the kingdom of God. As we pick up the kingdom mission set before us, the daily provision that we might be able to provide for the other person are things like financial support, food, shelter, or things like emotional support community, and love. In these ways and more, we are invited by our Father, the King of Heaven, to participate in the answering of this portion of the Lord's Prayer, not just for ourselves, but for the whole body of Christ. Yet these are all mortal needs. In other words, they are needs that I have as I live and breathe here and now. I also have eternal needs. While I am a child of God, I also wrestle with a sin condition, a condition which prevents me from loving God and loving my neighbor as I ought to. As I was reading the book that I forgot to tell Adam that I had, sorry, Adam, I came across this thought from my New Testament professor about the eternal nature of the Lord's Prayer. This is what he said. When we come back to the Lord's Prayer, 
After hearing Jesus' discourse on the bread of life and his flesh given to the world for eating, it becomes hard not to see Jesus himself as the daily bread he encourages us to pray for. Let's take a look at those passages that Wesley Hill is talking about so that we can appreciate exactly what he's saying. The first one's John 6, 32 to 35. Here Jesus is talking to a crowd of people that gather shortly after he walked on water to get to the other side of Lake Capernaum. This is what he said. Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Of course, at calling himself the true bread from heaven, Jesus caused many Jews to grumble about him. Nevertheless, he continued on to say this in verses 53, 54, and 58 of the same chapter. Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, And drink his blood. You have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Friends, Christ is the provision for our daily bread. He is the provision He is the depths of our need. And so what's astounding to me about this prayer is that as we pray it, as we ask God for it, Christ is there present with us as that answer, asking for us to lean a little bit harder into trust, to lean a little bit harder into contentment, to lean a little bit more into realizing that if he never gives me another thing, For this time that I walk around here on this earth, he has given me more than enough in himself. He has met all of my needs. He himself, Christ. He has remedied the sin condition which has plagued me from my birth. The incapacity to follow the will of God. He's done so by living a perfect life, sacrificing that life and loving us so much in his power that he could not stay in the grave, but rose again. That's our provision. That is the daily bread. And this morning, we have the opportunity to do just as Christ commanded us with communion. We get to eat the bread, which is the body broken for us. We get to drink the wine, which is his blood poured out for us. Theologians have wrestled for centuries on what exactly is going on here. What does Jesus mean, eat my flesh, drink my blood? What does it look like? I'm not gonna solve that tension for you this morning. What I am going to say is that the presence and power of the Holy Spirit are within these elements in a special, true, unique way that gives us his body provision. So as you take from these elements this morning, might you remember that this is your daily bread. However, this morning, instead of thinking about it as communion, 
I want us to reflect for a second on its other name, the Eucharist. Eucharist is Greek for thanksgiving. It's the English translation for when Jesus gives thanks for the bread and for the wine. Today, I want us to sit not just in a posture of contentment, but in a posture of thanksgiving. I want us to give thanks to God for his miraculous provision of Jesus Christ, the true provision for our needs. So hear now the words of institution from Paul. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I'm going to invite our communion stewards to come forward. And after you take some time, a second or two, to reflect on the provisions given for you with a posture of thanksgiving and gratitude, receive the elements as your heart is ready. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, We thank you for the gift of this prayer you've given us. Lord, on the one hand, it is so simple, so straightforward, that no matter where we're at in our spiritual journey, even if we are but infants, we can drink deeply from this prayer and be nourished. But as we journey along and dig deeper, we recognize that it's also a profound challenge of what it means to accept your provision of what it means to stand as your sons and daughters in your kingdom, what it means that you have sons and daughters around the world who are begging for us to lean into the provisions that you have made so they can be provided for, and ultimately a recognition that all of our needs, everything that we could ever want, fathom, or imagine has been provided for us in you, Christ. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, thank you for listening to the Redeemer Church Podcast. To stay connected to all that God is doing here at Redeemer, visit our website at RedeemerTulsa.org or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a blessed week.